Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the weekly show of Classroom Without Walls. On this show, I interview leading social media, digital marketers, entrepreneurs, business owners. We come here and we talk about their best social media marketing practices and strategies and tactics so that you and I, we can future-proof our businesses. And today, uh, my guest of honor will join us in a few minutes. He's running a little bit late. And uh, today, we are talking about something that is very relevant and to every single entrepreneur and small business owner. That is how to get published on large publications, get published on Inc. Magazine and uh, Forbes, and uh, Mashable, Huffington Post, and uh, MSN Money, F Fox News, all those different channels. And uh, my, and I'm not sure about you, the last two years I did got featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, and a few other publications, and the media coverage has benefited my business, my personal brand, so, so, so much. So if this is something that you are thinking about, and definitely join us live and stay for us for an hour and you are going to walk away from this one hour interview with best practices and we are going to discuss a six element or six step process to get you published um i guess of honor and maybe i can share his uh, uh linkedin profile so let me just do that. And uh, my guest of honor, John White, let me share my screen. And by the way, we are live on LinkedIn. We are live on Facebook, on Periscope, and on YouTube. So do me a favor, let me know in the comment section where you are joining me live from, social media-wise and uh, geographically speaking. So I, will, I love my global community. And by the way, I also created a WhatsApp group to send people weekly reminders and uh, uh, to send people weekly reminders and uh, so that it is a way for you to plan your schedule. You can decide this week, I want to go to Dr. I's show and so that you can really, or next week, the topic is not relevant to me. You don't have to come. I want you to really benefit from my free content, okay? Okay, so let me know where you are joining us live from. And uh, so my guest of honor, I'm really, really honored. Let me share my screen. So John White, and he's our guest of honor today. And he is the founder and CMO of Social Marketing Solutions. And he has published more than 250 articles on Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, Influencer, MSN Money, and so many other publications. Just on LinkedIn, as you can see, he has 50K thousand followers. and. Uh, so he's definitely an expert in this field. And today we are really going to unpack this article that he wrote, which is here. So this is the article that we're going to go through today, how to write articles editors love and will publish. Don't you just love that? 
and you are writing something that people are just like, wow, what a great story. We want to feature you on Forbes. Imagine your name, your personal brand, your business brand being featured on a large publication like Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc., Business Insider. Imagine the impact. And uh, as you can see, that uh, he has published more than 250 articles on so many different places. And this is the framework guiding our discussion today, okay? So this is uh, the first element, uh, pitching to the editor. And this is the second element, build an audience, why it is important, and how to build an audience who just loves you, and raves about you, and talks about you nonstop. And uh, so the uh, third element is how to write a very effective email before you write a good article so that the editor will actually open your page, will actually read your email. And the next tip uh, element is uh, send a full article, not a press release. And uh, so the next tip we're going to discuss is bring in more expert. And then the last one is you need to become opinionated and how to do this in a very safe manner, okay? So we are going to discuss all of those six elements. If you do all of them, my friend, I guarantee that you will get published on um, uh, those major publications. So let me know. And if you guys have any questions, and uh, am I, uh, I think I'm live on LinkedIn, right? Anyone join us live on LinkedIn? So let me know if you have any questions uh, related to this topic, and have you ever uh, got published in any major publication? And uh, so John, I just got a message. He will join us in any second, and uh, let me know if you have, uh, if you have, uh, let me know if you have any questions. Hello, Joanna. So I can share with you. And uh, so before John joins us live, like, let me know what questions you have regarding get published on large publication. So I can really share with you and how I got featured on Forbes uh, right after, a year later after I started my own entrepreneurial journey. And uh, I started actually on Twitter. And uh, and I we actually connected on Twitter. I don't know her that well, but I have been sharing uh, lots of content. And another person uh, discovered my content, so he actually invited me to join a Facebook group of educators. So I joined that group, and then I saw the 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 Forbes editor in that Facebook group. I was like, wow, what a nice coincidence. And uh, I actually sent a note to this uh, editor and I told her my, my story. Uh, I said, I'm a professor turned entrepreneur. And uh, so I have been on this journey for, uh, for 12 months. I learned quite a few tips. And here are the things that I have learned on this journey for almost a year. And so I wrote out kind of almost like the entire article. And I just sent it to her. And again, we have that Facebook connection. So I sent my article to her and uh, I didn't hear anything back from her to bother her. And so about a few weeks later, she got back to me. She really loved my article 
and she made some changes. She also add, uh, added some things to make the article even better. And then the next day, my article is on Forbes. So that was really uh, quite exciting. Yeah. And hey, John, thank you so much. Hey there. <laughs> Sorry I'm a few minutes late. Oh, don't worry. I'm so happy you are safe. Uh, John ran into a car accident, so I'm just happy you are safe. I already showed everyone your LinkedIn page. I introduced you. We are ready to get started if you are ready. I'm ready now. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you have such a passion for, uh, for writing. You love writing. You are an amazing writer. And about a few years ago, and LinkedIn launched their feature that allows everyone to publish articles. And you, being a pioneer on this journey, uh, you did a 100-day challenge on LinkedIn. And you started writing articles, and some of your articles even gained millions of views within 24 hours. So definitely share this 100-day uh, challenge with us, and then explain to us how you get started on this journey and uh, how you even created viral content. That sounds so amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so first thing you need to know is literally nobody advised me to do this. Um, all my mentors at the time were against me starting to blog, but they were like, you're not a writer, you know, you need to be focused on, on your, your sales funnel and, and the things I was doing at that time. And I decided to go against literally everyone's advice. And I started blogging on LinkedIn with no prior experience having written anything more than like um, my essays in college. And I, I wrote our, our annual Christmas letter <laughs> that got sent out, but I had, I had no formal um, writing experience. And I, I just thought that it was something that I'd like to try. It was something new to try and so I, I dove straight in and um, I, I you know I, I figured that I needed a way to pivot in my career because I was not happy at the time I was kind of getting the same jobs over and over and over again and I was like spinning in this hamster wheel in my career at the time and so I needed to break free of that and so I was doing an MBA program that was kind of a catalyst to my writing because I was creating a ton of content in this program I was in and I looked at, you know, all this content, it was um, on really timely business topics. And I'm like, well, what do you do with it? After you turn it in, you get your feedback and then it just sits on your laptop forever. Like what, there has to be some other way I can repurpose this. And then lo and behold, LinkedIn opens up their blogging platform. And so that's really where my initial post came from was repurposing the assignments I was getting in my MBA uh, class and on LinkedIn and just, you know, doctoring them up for a blog post format. And so my first viral post um, was an assignment in a class that I was thinking about leadership and uh, corporate leadership and how to become an executive. And the assignment was to compare and contrast your best leader that you've ever had in your, your career and the worst one. And I put out a post called seven management traits that will make all your employees quit. <laughs> really written from the heart and um, I didn't name names uh, you know in the article I didn't you know go out and slander anyone but I wrote about the experience I had with a verbally abusive boss and um, well he was more than just verbally abusive and I wrote about you know his different traits that literally led either um, I was in a regional office and 
either everyone quit or he fired them. And uh, only a few months after I quit, the, the company had to shut down the entire office because um, there was no one left. Yeah, a team of 10 or 11 had dwindled down to around a team of two or three. And wow. it was all of uh, this manager. And, you know, it was such a catastrophic loss for the company because they literally had to pull out of the Northern Colorado market. I mean, they, they could not sustain the office any longer. So I wrote about that and it really resonated with, with people. It went viral. Um, I, I was at, still at my corporate job at that time. I published the article and um, nervously published it because I was afraid I was going to get some heat. And, and then I went up to get a cup of coffee and said hello to some people. And I came back to my, my desk and it, it already had 10,000 views wow. in a matter of minutes. So it started out viral from the beginning. And uh, the next day I woke up to an inbox of uh, people requesting my writing services and when wondering what my rates were to write for them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even have a rate. Okay, how do I find out what I should charge? And so that really was kind of the the beginning uh, for me in terms of, you know, saying, okay, well, maybe this could be, there's something to this writing thing that I can, you know, monetize and, and, and figure out a way to level up my career with it. So wow. that's, kind of, that's kind of the start of, of where, you know, the 100 day challenge, I challenged myself to write 100 articles on LinkedIn. It wasn't one a day, but I wrote about 100 articles in a year. And, um, you know, that just kind of set me on the path that I'm on now. That is incredible. Like everyone is inspired by your story. So I, I love this. Are you still writing regularly on LinkedIn nowadays? Not like, as much um, because I'm writing so much for uh, clients and ghostwriting. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not writing personally as much. I still do love to write for myself. Uh, just not quite at the pace at the clip that I was going at. But, um, you know, anyone who's listening or, or watching this uh, feed, I would say, even if they want to get, you know, I know the purpose of today is to talk about how to get placed on um, top publications. Before you can do any of that, you need to have, in my case, it was hundreds of blog posts written um, mm. before before I, I could move to the next level. So that really is, you know, maybe my advice number one is like with anything, you need to, to do it a lot and you need to practice your craft and build your skills. And so platforms like LinkedIn and, and Medium, writing there and developing an audience and getting better at writing. Uh, the more you do it, just like everything else, I said, you know, you need practice and, and reps. Um, and so using those type of platforms to, to get better at your writing and develop an audience mm -hmm. and hone in on your story. I mean, yeah, I thank you for being so vulnerable with us because one of my questions, I wonder for your very first a few articles you submitted to a large publication and it's so nice to hear from you that you actually got rejected. So you have been writing for quite some time before you eventually like, started to hear yes and acceptance. So that has given like, you know, people like me lots of hope. So do you remember how many articles that you kind of practice, like, you know, how many have you written before you submitted to like those large publications and started to receive kind of regular consistent, consistent acceptance? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, my, my first, you know, 10 or 15 submissions to the Huffington Post were rejected, at least that many. 
And um, so, but I, I just, I kept writing on LinkedIn and building an audience and getting better at writing. But I probably wrote well over a hundred articles before I was wow. accepted into, um, you know, what I would consider to be a major publication. And, um, you know, I have some tips on how to do that. One of my mistakes was I was submitting to the general inbox on Huffington Post. So mm -hmm. every publication has an inbox you can, um, you know, submit one-offs to. And I was doing that at Huffington Post, like a lot of people were doing uh, at that time, submitting to HuffPost. And that's actually the wrong strategy. So, um, you know, by you want to avoid that. It's like when you're applying for a job and you apply on the, the website and it's just a call for permission. I mean, yes, people do get jobs that way, but they get uh, the acceptance rate is so much higher if you can network your way in to the publication and um, just same as getting a job and you're much more likely to get hired um, as, a, as an employee or as a consultant if you know someone already there and you network your way into the organization. Same thing, uh, you're going to get a much higher acceptance rate than the general inbox mm -hmm. um, where you just everyone submits to if you can get to know an editor, get to know a writer, um, you know, get their, those people to recommend you. When uh, I applied at Inc., I had three people internally recommend me um, with my application. Wow. And so I, I, you know, while they wouldn't tell me, you know, that was the reason they brought me on as a, as a columnist, I have to believe that it really helped my credibility by um, getting recommended by three of their top columnists. Uh, they were already there and then had been there for a while. That's amazing. So did uh, those three people just discover you kind of organically through the content that you have been sharing? Um, yes, and and I also engaged with them. So mm -hmm. um, more than anything, I went out of my way to engage on their content, like their posts. That's something like really basic. Um, the next, the next level is to put a, a thoughtful comment on their, on their articles, on their, you know, when they share them on Twitter or LinkedIn, like not just, Hey, I like this article or a great, great, great article or something. You know, people appreciate compliments, but if you really can go in more in depth with your commentary and show that you're someone that uh, understands their, their, their content that they're putting out there and the relevance it has to the community. And if you can show that, you know, you really digested it and you read it and that that shows that you're kind of a super fan. Uh, and those are the type of people that get noticed um, by columnists and editors. Um, and then so when you do submit or you do ask them for a favor, they're, you know, they feel indebted to you a little bit. Well, I love this. It's almost like commenting is a strategy. I love, you know, how you are using commenting to grab those people's attention and to open also make a meaningful comment on their content. I'm sure everyone spends hours, hours to produce a good piece of content. So I really want to dive into some of the, the tips that you already mentioned. And uh, I shared this article earlier, I want to share again. And I'm also going to uh, send a link in the comment section. Everyone, you have to check out this article and, and take notes. This is what our discussion is going to be based on today. So in this article, and, and today you have written more than like 250 articles and published on all those different uh, large publications. Congratulations, very impressive. So I want to go over each of those elements that you mentioned and have a quick discussion. And maybe you can give us some of the tips and elaborate a little bit. So I want to start with uh, the very first one, John. 
and uh, so pitch directly to an editor. Why is that important? Yeah, so we, you know, I, I touched on it um, a second ago, but it's the difference between applying, you know, to like a, a general mailbox or inbox when you're applying for jobs or going directly to the hiring manager and networking and getting to know the person that's actually going to be making the decision so that when your application comes through, they um, they already know you. They it, it stands out because you're a name, a face that they already know. And that's the same way with uh, writing to these publications. Network with an editor, get to know them. Um, they get paid on on page views, columnists and editors typically at these publications. Their compensation is through the number of people that read their articles. So mm -hmm. if you're out there and you're tweeting and sharing their articles that regularly with uh, you know a, a thoughtful comment or two on the post and you're getting them readers that's getting you know that's helping them get paid and helping them keep their job there right because <laughs> if you yeah. know you're an editor it's and you know, about not getting page views um, you know it, they'll work you out so I mean they need that it's like page views are currency for uh, columnists and editors so um, you know, get to know them and network with them. And so then when you're making your pitch later down the road, either to be a source, maybe you want to be a source in one of their articles where they mm -hmm. quote you as an expert. That is a tremendous asset for your brand because now you've got a, a logo of a highly credible publication that has featured you in, in credit and quoted you yeah. as an expert in their publication. So um, again, if they already know you and they see you as a valuable contributor to the overall community, your acceptance rate is much, much higher than a cold pitch. Yeah, totally, totally. And by the way, uh, my dear friend Peter, based in UK, is helping me post comments. We have quite a few people joining us live right now. So if you have any question related to get published, and please feel free to tag Peter if I missed uh, your questions as we are live on multiple channels. So feel free to tag Peter and uh, ask questions. This is your chance. So I really love this tip, John. And I think one question, I don't know if any live audience has this question, but one question that I have is like those editors, they probably get like so many messages on a daily basis. So where they're probably very protective of their contact information. So where do you even like find their contact information? Like how do you like get their attention? Like besides commenting, like if you want to send them an email, like, or like you send them a social media DM, is that how you approach them? Yeah, you certainly can. You, you want to get connected to them. Um, on their social media channels. So, you know, get follow them on Twitter, um, you know, send in a connection request on LinkedIn. And when you're communicating with them, if you can reference an article um, that you've read of theirs, you know, that really helps your credibility. Um, you know, I get people that, you know, they, they make kind of, you know, everyone appreciates compliments, but you can kind of tell when it's really, you know, sort of an empty compliment where they're just like saying it to say it. Oh, I'm your your greatest reader, you know, and, and you get this email from someone and like, really? Well, I've never seen a like from you on any of my posts. I've never seen a comment from you on my post. Um, and then there's, you know, a message from someone that references a specific article. Hey, 
you know, I read this one of yours and it really impacted me, you know, in these ways. Then you, their, their level of uh, sincerity comes through in the message. And it's not just like, okay, maybe this person's just trying to butter me up for a pitch, right? Um, so the, yeah, so the, the people that are more genuine, um, the, the better their message comes across and, and when they're pitching um, to either be featured or, or um, you know, get a column somewhere. Yeah, this is such a great comment, uh, uh, such a great tip, you know, referring back to the content they have produced. Because I, on LinkedIn, I'm sure with you, 50,000 people follower. And uh, oftentimes when I receive uh, even a personalized message, you can see that it's a copy paste. You can see like, hey, your content is really amazing. I love you. Like, I love what you are doing. Like, very generic. So that is a really great tip of advice. I love it. So that's the first one. Let me bring back the article again. So that's the first point you mentioned. And uh, so everyone, I shared the link to the article already in the comment section. So make sure you save this and print it out. And so the second one is build an audience. And explain to us, John, why is this important? And you have such an incredible audience on different social media platforms, LinkedIn and Twitter, and even on Instagram. So what are some of your top tips to build a loyal audience who just love you, who follows you, who shares your content? Yeah, first off, um, I think that consistency in producing content is really key. Um, you know, I, I built my initial audience on LinkedIn with those first hundred posts. Now I've certainly gotten followers since then, but that really was the catalyst for me being consistent in producing your content. And, you know, I see so many people that come and they, they want to be a thought leader, they want to get published and they get really excited about it. And then they go out and they produce like a ton of content in one month. And then, you know, if they don't get the results they, they want immediately, they, you, they, they, they jump out of the game and they stop and, and they start again in six months because they get suddenly re-motivated. But that just, that strategy never really pays off. Yeah. Consistent output of content. And so the, the second tip I would uh, say is to follow a, um, a reach out first strategy. So what I mean by that is don't wait for followers necessarily to find you. Go out and find your ideal follower and engage with them first. So on Twitter, what that looks like is uh, yeah. following and maybe retweeting them. Um, and so a certain amount of people are going to follow you back. If you're proactive on Twitter and you follow people, it gets people checking you out because they, they're going to at least go to your profile and say, okay, do I want to follow this person back or not? But you want to be strategic about it because you want actual readers, not just to gain a tonnage of followers. You want you know, people that either can become a client of yours or they can hire you or they're going to read your content because they're interested in what you're producing. And so you find those people on hashtags and, you know, if you're going to be writing mm -hmm, or um, the environment, you know, you want to go to those types of hashtags and you want to build a, your following around uh, those people that are producing and writing and tweeting about that content already because they're interested in, in your topic in your subject matter. And the same thing goes for LinkedIn. Uh, hashtags work really well in terms of bringing up um, mm -hmm. people that are interested in certain topics and already posting about those topics. And go ahead and send those people a connection request. Say, hey, 
you, know, you can even reference their post in, in, in the uh, connection request that, and say, hey, I saw this post on uh, you know, Green Living Solutions and on LinkedIn, really enjoyed it. I also have a passion for the topic, can we connect? Boom, you send that message, I guarantee you there is a 90% acceptance rate with something like that. Um, and then you're, you're, you're building, you're being proactive about building your network. And you're gonna get followers and two by just producing great content. But if you're proactive about, you know, building your network and taking that first step, you know, it's like you go to a networking event and there's a ton of people in the room, right? And, you know, you don't wanna be like, just sitting there and just hoping someone comes and finds you in the corner. You know, <laughs> uh, you want to go out and introduce yourself and, and be proactive. And this is the same thing with social media. Only we have tools that um, you can uh, create a better list than just randomly walking up to someone at a networking event. You know, maybe there's a theme around the event or something, but you don't know who you're going to be speaking to. It may be an executive. It may be someone that has nothing to do with what you do. Um, on social media, you can find people in seconds that are in your field that are uh, already thought leaders that are interested in what you did. And so that's uh, um, a big advantage of you know, the social media platforms in terms of building a network and how that you can um, rather than, you know, traditional methods of, you know, attending a networking event and maybe you get 15 or 20 business cards and out of those 15 or 20, maybe one or two might become a, a, a meaningful connection for you yeah, on social yeah. Scale so much faster, and it avoids, oh, you know. Yeah, oftentimes like the business card, I just put it on my desk or in a drawer to collect dust. I don't even touch it ever after the event is over. So yeah, so true. Social media is a lot more sustainable, like kind of organic, and uh, yeah, yeah. I also love the the following hashtag tip that you give. Like I recently started to follow specific for me education and parenting hashtags on LinkedIn and I have definitely made lots of meaningful connections and uh, getting them on my show or like really learning from their company. Such a such a great tip. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, when you and, when you come at it from a, a perspective of a common interest, uh, people are just so much more receptive to engage with you because you know they you're passionate about what they're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Brigitte, and uh, thank you for joining us live and uh, asking you. So, how much work does it go into like building meaningful relationship? Is it lots of work, or I don't know if you can quantify like how many hours, especially in the beginning of this journey? Mm -hmm. How much time does it take you to really cultivate those meaningful uh, relationships? Yeah. I think there is a definitely a time investment into into doing this, especially you know when you are first starting out. If you don't have um, the type of network you'd like to have online, you know you're going to need to invest at least fifteen or twenty minutes of your day every day in developing those relationships and um, putting out content. So I would say at a minimum of fifteen to twenty minutes a day, and be specific with what you're doing because you, like any, everyone knows that we can get on social media and get distracted really quickly and all of a sudden an hour goes by and you, you've just been scrolling and commenting on you know 
people's random posts. Uh, so I would really make sure that you're strategic with that time that you're investing, like doing specific activities that you know that are going to pay off for building your network and building your community. So don't just like go on social media and just oh, let me scroll around and see what I can find. Like go on it, you know, for for whatever amount of time you can dedicate uh, in your your daily schedule, but be um, very specific and um, have a, a meaningful uh, activity on there. So it does produce an ROI. But because just going on and aimlessly scrolling and you know commenting on on political posts. <laughs> Unless that's your that's your livelihood, that's what pays your bills. And that's a really great tip. And even for social media in general, you know, you're so good at this, and uh, you know, like uh, to to see the end goal, that is so important. Be intentional and strategic. So yeah. So so far, um, today we're talking about how to get featured on large publications with the one and only John White. So if you are joining us live, feel free to ask any questions. And uh, we are really, our discussion is based on this impressive article, which I shared in the comment section. And so far we discussed two elements. And so this one, I think this one is really, really important. I love how you made a point in this uh, paragraph. You know, so many of us were so concerned about writing this epic article. But what you're talking about here in this paragraph is before we got so concerned about writing that amazing article, we want to make sure that we have a good email pitch so that the editor will actually click on that email, open that email. So I wonder uh, if you can share with us some tips in terms of drafting that ideal, really good, exciting, engaging, interesting email, and also specifically in terms of subject line. You know, I think that's really key, even before uh, you get into the body of the email, so that the subject line, you know, what is the title of your email? That's, that must be so hard, must be a attention grabber. So I wonder if you can talk about that as well, or maybe even give us some winning cases, examples that you used before, John? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the, the subject line is important. And I think that if you can put in the, uh, the line, like what your your article is about, like give like a, a quick preview um, so that the editor knows that it's a relevant pitch um, right away because they get so many irrelevant pitches and so many people don't take the time. They just send out mass pitches, right? They're like, well, if I pitch 5,000 editors, surely one of them will like it and publish me. And so they send out the generic copy and paste pitch. And they're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, maybe 5,000. Maybe I need 10,000, you know? <laughs> and so, but people can see right past those generic pitches and those get, you know, the copy and paste. Um, they just don't have a high acceptance rate. So you want to personalize your pitches and you want to make sure they're relevant to that editor. I can't tell you how many people want to be in my ink articles or want to be uh, quoted by me and they pitch me on some topic like basket weaving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or like <laughs> something that I would never write about in a million years. And and so it's like, really, did you really read one of my articles and you think that um, 
my basket weaving would be something that I would write about. And it's just so off topic. It's like, come on, you know, I'm never going to write about this. And so um, the vast majority of the pitches I get are off topic. They're just on <laughs> subjects that, you know, I would never write about, you know, like a financial crisis or something. I'm not a, I'm not a financial guy, you know, why would I write about that? I don't have any credibility there. Um, unless we're reading, relating it somehow to marketing and PR and sales, you know, why would I write that article? It just sounds, uh, it would just be like, you know, it's just so off topic. So you, you got to make sure that you're pitching to an editor that handles that type of content that you want to get featured for and you want to get published for. Otherwise, you're wasting. It doesn't matter how many people you pitch. They're all going to get rejected because you're topic is irrelevant to them. So yeah, uh, make yeah. sure that you're reading your stuff, you're reading their columns um, before you make the pitch. Keep it short. That's another huge tip of mine. Um, I can't tell you how many pitches I get. They're um, you know, hundreds of words long. There's a YouTube video they want me to watch. They want me to click on multiple links. And just to get through their pitch, it would take me 15 or 20 minutes of my time. And you know, you, you have like a, one or two paragraphs to get these people to click on one link, um, but don't send them, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 paragraph emails about your pitch. It's oh you, you get the maximum impact in one to two paragraphs and then one link, not five or six different links with the YouTube this or that, one link per pitch. Wow, that is gold. And Sue just mentioned, thank you for joining us live sue and she's learning so much piece of advice because from like from our perspective you know like we want to tell you as much information as possible to build that trust hey here are five links but it is so interesting to hear from your perspective yeah that takes lots of time yeah so you recommend kind of like one or at most two paragraphs and at most one link that's it that's it. Short, sweet, and impactful. You got you got to catch their attention, and it's got you. You have a limited amount of time to do it. Oh, that's great! Uh, can you share us some like really good subject lines and uh, like some examples you want to share with us, so we can kind of conceptualize this a little bit, like how long that should be, or even like make it longer or shorter. Also, keep that simple. Or like go really crazy to make sure that people actually click on it, like you no know, clickbait. So can you uh, give us a few examples, John? Yeah, I would say like, um, you know, you, you want to be upfront with that it's an article submission so they know what type of email it is. And then in parentheses, you know, put something that's catchy from the article. Um, maybe it's a abbreviated headline. Maybe it's a keyword, um, you know, in the article. So that way you're giving them a, a preview of the, your submission and that it is going to be relevant um, to them and their what they write about. So if it's too generic, you know, um, of a, a title, they are less likely to click on it because they think it'll be just a generic submission. So mm -hmm. if you can include, you know, anything that's catchy about the article in the uh, in the title or, or some sort of keywords in parentheses. It kind of lets the editor know that the the subject matter is of, of potential relevance to what they what they do and what they write about. 
what their columns are about. Um, but something that's going to you know help your 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 submission stand out in terms of um, you know the others that are just um, you know using off-topic submission forms and things like that. I wonder if you have a rough number like how many like emails they receive on a daily basis. I don't even know. Is that like definitely two digits, right? Like dozens of or maybe even like three digits. Like how many? Do you, I do you know? Do you have any idea or? Yeah, I would say when I was at my most active with Ink, I was getting ten or more a day. Okay. Okay. Yeah, ten to twenty submissions of from PR agencies, um, from individuals, from companies. Um, you know, d definitely. I mean, I run a business too and a family, so it's it's uh, ten to twenty pitches a day was a lot. <laughs> That's really well. on top of that you are doing your own content creation and then you have to go through their links and yeah it makes so much sense what you shared yeah so so far uh, we discussed quite a few things and this is the next one so send a full article not to press release and this is such an eye-opener to me and it is actually so true in my case I got featured on Forbes I actually sent I didn't even know this I just actually wrote out the article that's just the way I am, but it is really interesting to hear this from you. Really validated my idea. So why is this important, John? Why do we need to send them a full article, not just a press release? Yeah, so press releases are so like 1990s and you know 2000. It you know they 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 definitely still are. You know, you can get results with press releases. But the full article is much more effective. And so what we were just talking about with my life, you know, having a, a business I run, I have two kids that I run to soccer practice and dance practice. And uh, I have a wife, you know, that I like to see every once in a while and uh, other things going on in my life. And so um, what press releases, they, they contain you know some some useful information but the you're asking the article you're the writer to still have to um, do a lot more work in terms of constructing the actual article so if you're sending the writer or the editor a complete article that you've had either written yourself or you've had a ghost writer professionally write it contains yeah. your quote in the article already so you're already quoted in there with uh your you know it, name and business name and so what what that does is it just saves writers a ton of time it, it, it because typically they'll have like a quota number of articles they need to write per month to stay a contributor or a columnist and so if you're sending them a really well-written article that where the, all they have to do is interject their own voice into it and their own stories the facts are all there. Uh, you've you've um, you know presented them with some great data data points. That's really mm -hmm. relevant. If you can, when you're submitting articles, um, writers love strong data, where where it shows you know credible data, backs up their stories from a credible source, and it's uh, maybe new data. That's really powerful. So if you in your article. If you can, you know, do that legwork for them, find that data that you know is out there that's going to be interesting to their um, 
to their audience. So you're doing all of the legwork. And again, they get a really great article, um, you know, that the, all they have to do is just edit it for their voice, maybe add in yeah. you know, a, a couple stories or two, um, and then boom, it, the article's ready to go. And, and you well, just save a ton of time um, and doing research. And they also, you know, when you when you write an article, you have to you know typically find sources. So um, that's you're saving them time from uh, finding sources too. So um, and then uh, the other tip I would give, and I'm not sure if this one's in the article, maybe it is, but when you're writing these articles and you're submitting them to a, a writer and you're quoting yourself within the article as an expert, it also helps to get other quotes from other people. And if those people are of uh, high authority, or maybe they're even some level of celebrity uh, in your industry, then you've just leveled up the article uh, in terms of quality for uh, for the writer as well. So not only have you provided yourself as an expert in the article with your opinion and, and quote, you've gone out and you found an expert that maybe is even of a greater authority level than you, and that just mm -hmm. um, that's really a, a, a gold golden tip because it it helps you know it's like okay well let me just slide my quote in with uh, you know this mega star <laughs> in the article. Like now I feel so honored. I'm actually interviewing you, which also adds credibility to me. So I, I love this. But for people who are just kind of starting out on this journey, how do they even? like create a buy-in from, hey, someone reach out to you. I want to do a quick interview with you or get a quote from you for this article I'm writing. So is there a way like to, to get that buy-in from them to share something with you? Mm -hmm. Or like you kind of have some social proof? Yeah, everybody wants uh, earned media, right? Where they're, they're not having to pay a, a PR um, agency to get it for them or they're not having to, not the PR agencies, that's, a lot of what they do is they go out and they they get earned media, but this would be a free earned media piece for them that they wouldn't have to pay for, or they don't have to pay an advertising agency to do paid media. So you're doing them a huge favor, and everybody needs, you know, even the most like top celebrities still need media and earned media appearances. And so you're doing them a favor, and when you send them a, a message and you you say something like, hey. Um, you know, I'm working on putting this article together and I'm going to try to get it published in these publications. Would you be willing to contribute a two to three sentence or two to four sentence quote for the article? And if I can get it published, you know, I'll, I'll send it to you right away, you know, type of thing. And most people are like, okay, I'll, I'll definitely contribute, you know, because you're not asking it's not a huge ask. It's not like you're asking them to write the whole entire article. You're just yeah, saying, yeah. Which, you know, I'm going to try to get this article published in, in these publications. And uh, would you mind just sharing a few minutes, you know, a few thoughts on the subject? And most people are definitely really? going to do that. Um, totally, yeah. If you want to uh, put the subject of like media collaboration or media opportunity or something like that to get them, you know, pique their interest. Yeah, I love that. You did such, I'm also going to share in the comment section. Everyone and uh, John did this incredible interview with Mark Cuban. I loved reading that article. I'm going 
to share uh, the link in the comment section in a second. So here is a question from Brigitte, and she asked, so if you are thinking about writing an article, so what if there are already like books, so many articles on this topic, should you feel like you know you don't need to talk about this anymore because there are already so many books, or you could still pursue this idea, but maybe do it differently. So what do you think about that, John? Yeah, I wouldn't let that shy you away uh, from writing it. I mean, you don't want to add to the noise, so to speak, like if the, the, the topic is just kind of noisy, but what you can do is um, you know add your own unique perspective to the, the story. So, and this is actually a really good technique is where you uh, find a story that's trending, but you add you add to you add to it you, with a relevant story, a use case, um, you know, additional data from your your career, or you know, a, a story about how mm. that whatever's trending Im impacted the market or impacted your company or your job. So, take a story that's already trending and um, add your own spin to it. And that's a, a really good way yeah. to uh, to contribute to the conversation, and not just add to the noise. And so, uh, you know, the, you're not just repeating a story of, you know, just by regurgitating what's already out there. You're taking mm -hmm. that training piece, you're referencing it in the article, and then you're adding in your own expertise, your own stories, your own. Um, you know, level of expertise and you're capturing the, the relevancy of that topic and then, you know, making it real for your readers. I love it. And we have a bunch of people join us live from Australia. It is Thursday morning for them. I just want to yeah. say lunch. Yeah. So, <laughs> so last point that you already hear is the article. And uh, so the last point you mentioned here is really interesting. Like take a stance. And this is something that kind of, wow, that really made me stop and think about this because you know, like you don't want to be too controversial, right? Or if, is there any like uh, consequence in terms of being too opinionated? Like where do you draw the line? And uh, so, so explain this, why we need to take a stance, why this is uh, important. Yeah, well, you need to take a stance in terms of um, what I just said. You don't want to just be like going to Google and just regurgitating what's already out there because that's that's boring. Uh, I mean, people can get that information. The information's already out there. So you need to, when you're writing content, you know, typically take um, you, you know a, a stance on it and and decide. <laughs> what you know, what people can get from it so you're not just like i said repackaging a, a post that's already been written a hundred times you're taking that information and you're you know providing solutions that people haven't thought of yet and so you're you're providing extra value to the the, the topic or the conversation and so typically that requires you to um you know take that information and then um, you know, go go with it one way or another, and and so you're you're piquing people's interest, and you're not just writing a boring, bland article that people can get.
you know, anywhere. And, and so like the article I wrote about the seven management traits yes. that required, you know, that made all the employees quit. Uh, I definitely, it would, the article was a little bit edgy. Mm. Um, you know, I think you people ask me, well, what do you do about trolls and people that, you know, that you offend? And I think that one trolls should be celebrated. <laughs> Because I love that. Awesome. T-shirt, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Trolls should be celebrated. So when, when you get it, when you get a troll, you should, you should pat yourself on the back because you know that your your content has resonated with enough people that um, people are are you know, looking at you as someone who matters, and and because trolls don't just go to you know they don't. They, they have, you know, lives too. <laughs> they, they choose to troll people that, you know, typically have made some sort of impact. And so, um, you know, br brush that off, you know, don't, don't let their opinions deter you. Instead, let them empower you to keep writing and uh, congratulate yourself that you've, your, your stuff has become viral enough that people are really noticing. <laughs> I love that. So do you have haters? Who kind of hate you? Like, do you have that or no? I totally do. I had one today on LinkedIn. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I blocked him. I pulled out the block today um, on LinkedIn. It was just a guy that just wouldn't like. He he told me in his comment how bad he did like my post. I tried to um, to clarify it for him, and then he just kept going on and on about how bad my post sucked. And I'm like, okay. Like you're wasting our time block you know move on. yeah um but the post was getting a lot of attention and so uh, it you know naturally will attract the wrong type of attention um you know when 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 you put stuff out there like that but you let it brush up you know brush it off your back and you know just congratulate yourself that you're putting out content that's now getting people to click on and read I wish I knew this before. When I got my very first hater, I cried for for two years. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a dear friend. It was a friend, not just a random person. It was a dear friend, and uh, and who? Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was very strange, and I, I it really affected me. I, I disappeared from social media for quite some time. Gosh. So, yeah. yeah. So it's really nice to hear this. Yeah, don't don't hesitate to bring out the block button. You know, just block those people and keep keep moving on yeah yeah this is great by the way everyone i'm sharing uh social marketing solutions is john's uh, website you guys should definitely follow so many amazing articles blog articles you should check it out so we are almost wrapping up here any parting piece of advice you want to share with us john and to help us get published and uh, uh, share with us yeah, I think the key is just to get started. You know, I think there's probably some listeners out there that are maybe a little bit um, pumped up after hearing this, and and I, at least I hope they are. But you know, I would encourage you to take the next step and get started. And you know, there's never really like if you're waiting for like that moment of okay, well now is the great time. Maybe in six months I'll be less busy, or I'll be, you know, I'll have this or that. And there is really not a, a ideal time to get started. You just have to do it. And you have to put yourself out there. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, it's a lot uncomfortable, uh, especially those first few times. But you have to get over that fear. 
and put yourself out there and you know maybe your first article is is you know not going to look like your hundredth article and that's okay because you have to get started somewhere and uh -huh. um you know so that's really the 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 one tip i would would say if you're, you're at all thinking about getting featured in the media you're all thinking about writing a column or or, or uh blogs you know, take the information you learned today don't wait until you know you're more comfortable in your own skin because that's never going to happen until you actually just step out of your comfort zone and do it and, and just get started just go out and get started i love that get started it's also my my life philosophy as well you know I, i've been hosting a live streaming show for three years when i was looking as my very first live interview a few days ago i was like oh my god like delete delete someone needs to delete that but like i'm so happy i had that because without that point i wouldn't be where i'm today you know i'm sure a few years down the road i'll be looking back at where i'm today i was like wow that was actually not that good so i love that tip from you thank you so much uh for sharing john and i already shared uh, uh your linkedin any like what where is a great place for people to connect with you and um social media wise definitely my twitter um i share a lots of great content there all of my blog articles tips motivational content so my twitter handle is at juan blanco 76 so there's a story behind that i was in a exchange student in spain and uh my name translates <laughs> to spanish john white translate to Juan Blanco. Uh, so that nickname has kind of followed me everywhere, um, but it's it's not always, if you don't speak Spanish, it's not always obvious. So <laughs> <laughs> my page up, but that nickname, uh, it is also Juan Blanco 76 is also me on Twitter. I'm sorry, on Instagram, Twitter and Instagram. Okay. So good places, but uh, definitely Twitter. I'm really active on there and um, hope to see you all out there feel free to you know reach out to me directly i'm very accessible happy to engage and you know help any of you out either paid or unpaid um you know, as, a, as a resource for you so please do reach out absolutely everyone you see you'll hear how amazing john is definitely follow him check out his blog article follow him on Twitter, on different social media platforms, and check out their website. I have learned a lot. I can't wait to revisit all those six points that we, we have discussed and maybe even challenge myself to, you know, to do my next article, who knows? So thank you so much again for your time and thank you so much everyone for joining us live from literally all over the globe. So okay. um, this, this live show happens every Wednesday and at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and I hope to see you again next Wednesday, same time, same location, and join my WhatsApp group to re receive weekly reminders of show time and show guests. So hopefully to see you next week, and thank you so much again, John. You are amazing. Bye, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Take care. That was so good. Thank you so 